0: The message today is, do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? God reveals himself in the Christmas story. Isaiah 40, 1-5, comfort, comfort my people, says your God, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her services have been completed. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground will become level, the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken." He has spoken. He said, it will be revealed. Isaiah 43, 11, 13 says, Even I, I am the Lord. Apart from me, there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed. I am not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, from ancient days I am He. Isaiah 53, 1 says, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Who has believed our message and who has the arm of of the Lord been revealed? Isaiah 65:1 says, "I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. The nations did not call on my name. I said, "Here I am. Here I am." John 12: 37 through38 says, even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? John 17, 1-6 says, after Jesus said this, he, took toward, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you for you granted him authority over all the people that he might give eternal life to those you have given him Now this is eternal life that you know that that they know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I've had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Romans 10.20 says, Again, he quotes from Isaiah. I I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. The message I'll be reading out of on the Christmas story is Luke. In Luke chapter 2, and the story is going to be the emphasis on the shepherds. First of all, i want to start off with the scene. I like the scene we have here. Uh, the scene back then uh, wasn't what you see necessarily on poster cards. The pretty faces of the shepherds, the, uh, uh, the nice colorful hillsides, the nice clean manger scene. No, the scene was set in the winter, late fall, winter times, when it was cold and uh, very frigid. It was dark, and you can imagine dark because there were not lights like we have here, street lights. They were out in the middle of nowhere. Even in the towns, the the houses were lit by oil lanterns, which were very dim. Maybe fires were lit, and that was all that existed as far as man-made lights. And then you had the stars and the moon, but on a cloudy day, on a winter night, it could be pretty darn dark. And in winter, it is cold. And so you have this scene where the shepherds. It says, as we read later, we'll read later that they were out in this field, and uh, living in this field amongst their sheep. Just outside of Jerusalem is, or just outside of Bethlehem is where they were at. Now, Bethlehem was about six miles north or south of Jerusalem. And about this time of the year, the shepherds would gather around, all around Jerusalem, bringing their sheep in and preparing for the the sacrifice to happen during Passover in Jerusalem, which was ahead. Right now we're in the winter, the Passover happens in the springtime in that time. So here we have a dark, cold area, hillsides, outside of Bethlehem, kind of a small town, insignificant town, but was the town of David, where David was born, King David, hundreds of years prior to this. And here we are with shepherds that are living out in the middle of, of a field, out in the hills, cold, shivering, maybe had a little fire going, and these shepherds were not the most outstanding or upstanding people either. In fact, history shows, I've, my reading shows, that they were classified as the lower class, the lowlifes of the world, the people that nobody would want to hang out with, especially the hirelings, not the owners of the sheep, But the hirelings, the ones that they hire to go out and live out into the fields while they stayed home in their houses. And so these guys were pretty rough around the edges. They uh, knew that nobody liked them. So they probably carried about them a chip on their shoulder. They were angry at times, probably self-conscious, probably uh, a little arrogant because they didn't like, they knew that people thought of them as nothing. And they're probably, of course, in the mouth. They were people that were rude, crude, dirty, sleeping with sheep all the time, miserable, cold. Can you imagine living in this, out in the middle of the winter, out in the fields, living with smelly sheep? In fact, uh, the other day I was driving by, I do not sure, oh, I was on the way to Dallas and there was a field full of sheep. And they were all dirty at this time. Their wool was full, and they're all dirty and out there. And it was just before that uh, silage place where they make uh, fertilizer out here going towards Dallas. It really smells. Not that the sheep smelled like that, but the the sheep are not exactly nice smelling people, especially uh, creatures when you're hanging out with them and living with them all the time. So consequently, the shepherds lived in this environment. And and, uh, they weren't even allowed to testify in the courts of law because they were considered untrustful, unworthy of their testimony. They were considered liars. They would actually take some of the sheep, some of them would, and they would go try to sit, sell them under the table and make a little extra money for people that couldn't afford a, you know, a sheep to take for the sacrifice in the Passover in Jerusalem. So these characters that we picture on cards, and, uh, well, they're not shown here, but they're out in the field, are not the most lovable people, and why would God reveal himself to them? God could have revealed, he could have went to King Herod, he could have went to, the actually, the emperors in Rome, he could have went to Egypt and revealed himself to them. He could have went to the Pharisees and told them about what was going to happen. But no, God chose to reveal himself to a dirty old shepherd, a couple of shepherds that were in the field watching over the sheep that night. Mary and Joseph. And the baby. Who were they? Joseph was a carpenter. Okay, that's a reputable trade. But Joseph had a wife, a young lady, who was pregnant, who wasn't his wife yet. He was taking her to his hometown. He was going to marry her in order to, so she would not be disgraced because she was pregnant. Mary was a a virgin who had never been with a man and became pregnant by the Holy Spirit as the story tells. She became impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Not a man had touched her, but Joseph took this young lady and brought her to himself and was pledged to marry her and he took her to the hometown for the census in Bethlehem and it was there. They tried to find room, a room to stay in this dim little town, little candlelit windows in there. And, a, and the inns were full because of the senses and the soul. There was nothing in this poor, shabby little town of Bethlehem available for them to, to stay in while she's carrying this baby. Now, she came in on, they came in on a donkey. Whether she rode the mule, the donkey, I don't. I guess she did, maybe she didn't. Maybe she walked, but nevertheless, she either walked or she rode on a donkey, being full term with this baby in her, Caring in the cold, in the winter times, walking through uh, uh, the darkness and then during the light. Thieves could have got hold of them. I mean, it was tough. It was a rough place to be. So they get, to, they get to Jerusalem, I mean, Bethlehem, no place to stay. So where do they send them? They send them to a, uh, a stall or a place where they keep sheep. And was that a nice barn like Marv's? Nice, beautiful barn. And I've been in Marv's barn, and it's a beautiful place. Or, or any of the barns that we see now, even the worst barns, are better than what they had for places for the sheep to stay in Bethlehem or the outlying areas. Some of the places were caves, actual caves, where they, they had dug into the ground and they allowed the sheep to go in for shelter. Some of them, they, they had the feed and whatnot in there. So there were these dark, dingy caves, dark, dingy areas where they had to, to, to stay. And then can you imagine? They, they went to this place, these place, this place where it was dark and dingy, dirty, cold, smelly, and had her baby. To have a baby in a place like that is unheard of, let alone here. at home. I mean, some people are upset when you have it at home. You should be in the hospital where it's nice and clean. But they did not have the privileges of being in their home, being in a hospital. They had to be in a place where she- sheep were kept. So they deliver a baby in a dirty place. And they wrap him in swaddling clothes, which is basically wrapped strips of cloth that they wrap around the legs and all up and down their body to keep their legs straight, the baby's legs straight. And they were probably dirty cloths. I mean, the be- what they could, whatever they can find. So the scene is not as pretty as we like to hear or see or what we've actually been told all our most of our lives. The reality is, is that these people, Mary Joseph, the baby Jesus were living in a hard time and they were having to, uh, to struggle through this, this giving of birth to, to Jesus. Now why did God reveal himself to the shepherds? And who did he reveal? Who was this baby in the manger? Isaiah 9, 6-7. Jesus is a reigning king. For unto us a child is born, to, to us a savior is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government, and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on the David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This humble couple, having this baby in this dirty environment in this dark, cold time of the year, is gonna be what was just described here by Isaiah. Wow. God is revealing his son in the midst of a lowly place. Why would he start there? Jesus also is the savior of the world, this baby Jesus. John 3.16, as we know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life from this baby who's laying in a dirty manger. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. I look at the little uh, the babies that are in here and can picture them being in this dirty place. And I couldn't even, from my natural mind, couldn't imagine that this little baby Laying in a dirty manger was able is able to save the world. God has to reveal that to me. Someone else besides, I couldn't conjure up or even imagine my wildest dreams that a little baby in that situation would become the ruler of the world and be the savior of all mankind. Jesus is also the giver of living water. This little baby, John 4, 13 and 14. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This little baby is going to give us the living water that springs up and gives us life. We know that natural water is necessary for us to live in the natural. But in order to live in eternity, Christ must give us his water so that he'll never thirst again. Jesus, this baby in the manger. And God is going to reveal it to some dirty shepherds. Jesus in John 6.35 said, He is the bread of life. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Is he going to feed us? He's going to feed you not with natural foods. He's going to feed you with the food of God, the manna from heaven, the, the hope that every one of us needs, the hope that the shepherds needed the hope of a desperate shepherd who everyone despised that thought that nobody cared for him he'll feed he feeds them with the hope of eternal life and the hope that he's going to be with them no matter what they go through and the hope that God really does care for them even though the world doesn't care for them. do you ever sense that before in your own life that maybe you're hungry for someone to accept you, for someone to give you, uh, to, to give you significance in this life and purpose. I think everyone in this place at some point in their life has felt disparity, has felt emptiness, has felt aloneness. I don't care what your status is in, in the world. Everyone has experienced because we're all lost without our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the bread of life. He's the light of the world when Jesus spoke again to the people he said, "I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life." That was John 8:12. Jesus said he was God. This little baby laying in a manger is God. The creator of heaven and earth the creator of our lives, the one that sustains us. If, he was, if God was to stop thinking about us, this world would disappear. We are in the hands of the Creator. And this little baby laying in a dirty manger, revealed to the low-life shepherds, is God. Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I know him, and I obey his words. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day, the day of this birth of this baby. He saw it and was glad Abraham was. You are not yet 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham? Jesus said, truly I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. I am. I've always existed. I've never not existed. Jesus claimed that he was God. In this manger, Mary gave birth to God. And the, he revealed it to the shepherds. He showed who to the shepherds who they were on a dark, cold, wintry night. Who he was on a dark, cold, wintry night. Picture it. Here they are, sitting, watching over their sheep, cold, maybe a campfire going, but around all these sheep, it was dark. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. What? Nobody talks to us. What's going on here? They're they're in in their environment, freezing cold, probably one moment prior to this event, they were probably complaining and planning of what their next day was going to be about empty inside and all of a sudden out of the blue as, pre- as uh, prophesied by the pro- prophets of old, God met them through so the messenger, the angel messenger. And they were afraid, who, what is going on here? Their eyes were opened. They began to see the things of God because God was beginning to reveal himself to them. It wasn't them seeking after God. God came to them. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. He didn't have to describe the manger. He didn't have to describe the situation to them. They knew what what it was about. I can imagine them thinking, in a manger? A savior? What? Let's go see this. What? Who would be, who would give birth in a, uh, just like, they couldn't say anything. They were speechless, they were terrified, but the angel comforted them and said, don't worry, do not be afraid. And he gave them a message, revealed to them what was happening right before their eyes. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whose favor rests. God revealed the heavenly host. They just opened up out in the middle of this field in the dark winter night. It just lit up. The clouds just lit up, and the glory of the Lord shone before these thieves, these shepherds, these lowlifes of the earth. God revealed himself to them. And when the angel had left them, they had gone into heaven. And the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They realized it was the Lord. God revealed himself to them. They weren't hiding in shame. They were excited. God accepted them and, it, and looked at them as who, as lost souls whom he loved and he wanted to tell them the good news that they sent. he sent a savior and he's laying in a manger wrapped in swathing clothes for all to, to gaze upon and that someday that child would grow up and die for the sins of the world. When the angel left them gone to heaven to said, let's go to one another let's go to Bethlehem to see the things that have happened which the Lord has told us about So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. You may have, some of you may have heard my testimony. I kind of liken, by no means was a shepherd, uh, and then not experience any of the things that they experienced. But the things that I felt about myself was, uh, I felt I was like a shepherd, I was lowly. I felt that uh, my parents divorced when I was three, my mom married five times. My stepdad for 13 years, abused my mother and abused me mentally. And all the conception, whoever I thought I was, was not what God thought of me. I wasn't raised in a group in a Christian home. I didn't know God. I didn't know God existed. And when, I was, when God began to start revealing himself to me, I rejected it because I didn't, I didn't get it. It wasn't, it wasn't there yet. I couldn't comprehend it. I was so bruised, as you would, as the shepherds probably were, of who I was. I grew up insecure, I grew up not disliking myself and right up to the point uh, of where I would would fight to prove myself, I find myself fighting all through school, I find myself doing things that I shouldn't do in school to prove that I was important and had significance. And all along, God saw me. All along this track, God saw me. And he saw that I was a lowly shepherd, and he was wanting to call me to see his son. He wanted me to see the baby in the manger in all the years that I was lost. And one day, after years of going through my personal self-affliction of hating myself and not liking myself, being married, and my wife leaving me in a previous life, wanting to end my life almost doing so. God saving my brother, which ultimately saved me. One night, this shepherd was driving along with a friend, and and, uh, we were doing our typical dope and getting ready to go out for drinking and we began to talk about God. The angel of the Lord, I believe, came in my truck. And we began talking about God, and I began to feel a sense of joy that I'd never felt in my whole life. I felt a peace that i never felt in my whole life. And God was touching and revealing himself to me. I turned to my friend, and I turned to him and I said, don't you feel this joy when you say Jesus? And my friend looked at me, shrugged his shoulders, and I'm not sure what was going on in his heart, but in my heart I said, I do, and I want it. I, did, I said this, I said, I turned to myself after he shrugged his shoulders and says, I do, and I want it. And immediately God revealed himself to me, the Holy Spirit, came into me, I knew I was born, I didn't know I was born again, but I knew that I was changed. All of a sudden, the the Olympic mountains that were in front of me as I'm driving down the roads lit up, and I knew what eternal life was. I knew the darkness in the world. I knew that there was sin in the world, whereas before I didn't. I knew that God was alive. He had opened my eyes. He revealed himself to me that Christmas morning. It wasn't Christmas morning, but it was for me because I met the Savior. That child in the manger whom God told me to go and see and brought me to, he revealed to me, and he gave me eternal life as Isaiah, as I read before that I have eternal life, and the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that baby Jesus, who we celebrate today, is able to save me from my despair and from my emptiness and from the things that I lived all my life. Christmas isn't about presents, although I love sitting with my kids this morning and watch them open their gifts. They don't see me. I'm pretty hard. I kind of keep a you know, straight face. They don't see me, but inside I'm, I'm joyful. And so Christmas is a, is a time of year, a, me, a message for everyone of the gift of God and the joy that, for me, the joy that God has when someone comes and meets his son. And reveals, and when God reveals his son Jesus in that manger scene. Today is that day where we celebrate that birth. And that major scene, manger scene where though it's dirty and though you may feel like you're alone and nobody accepts you, God accepts you. Come and meet Jesus in the, in the manger. Let God reveal himself to you, and God will. He is the one that will save you. You ought to open your heart, though. If he's pulling on your heart, say, yes, I want this. If he's tugging you right now, say, yes. If it's not tomorrow, today or, to, or if it's tomorrow, say, yes, don't wait. And God will reveal to you the true Christmas, the true joy, the true gift, which is Jesus Christ, His Son. And He offered it to the shepherds. He's offering it to us right now. And we have this opportunity to receive that gift if you haven't already. And if you have the gift already and you have Christ in your heart, remember who He is. Let God reveal Himself to you more. That He is a God who loves you no matter what your faults are. No matter what you've done or what you will do, God will never give up on you. And with that, Peter's going to come up and we're going to close with the good news song. It's an uplifting song because we have something to rejoice in. Go tell on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born and it's a gift for all of us. And God will bless you when you hear when you receive that gift. One last